0: Mr. President, on the debt limit, you said already oh, right,
1: I've done, I've done my part. Do you think that if there is a brief, nobody will blame me. Of course, no one will blame me. I know you won't. You'll be saying Biden did a wonderful job. <laughs> I, I, I know you. I'm not going to agree to a deal that protects wealthy tax sheets and crypto traders while putting food assistance at risk for nearly 100 well, — assume nearly 1 million Americans. And there's a lot of other — for example, the idea that we're uh, — in terms of uh, taxes — that they refuse to — for example, we uh, — I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the, the Global Warming Bill — anyway, I was able to cut by $1.7 billion in the first two years the deficit that we uh, were — were accumulating. And uh, because I was able to say to it that the 55 corporations in America that made 40 400 billion dollars or 40 billion dollars 400 billion dollars that uh they uh they hit pay zero in tax zero
2: it is may 23rd 2023 welcome to the daily rob you can find rob all across the internet check all my links it has all of his socials and without further ado the man the myth the legend and culture's hero the one and only rob smith
3: still i'm glad you mentioned and culture because um She's been texting me all weekend long. Some function she wants me to go to her with in Washington. I don't know. Stu, sometimes it's uh, it's tiresome being mean, having to bat them all away like that.
2: Anyway, uh, Stu, Hunter Biden, you ever heard of him? He wrote a masterful book called Beautiful Things. Um, yeah. I highly suggest people pick it up from the clearance bin.
1: Well, you know,
3: he's very, very bright. His father says he's never met anybody any smarter than uh, than Hunter Biden.
1: He's a grown man. He is the smartest man I know. I mean, in pure intellectual capacity.
3: Well, Hunter Biden had his hearing with his baby mama out in Arkansas early in the month, and he of course he's uh, doesn't want to pay child support. And well, to be fair, he's paying child support, but um He likely owes a lot more. He won't turn over any of his financials. But he told the judge, he said, you know, I'm really poor. I can't pay pay anymore. Well, guess how he got there? He got there in a private jet. (laughs) Now, I know Joe says he's the smartest guy in the world, but you would think maybe you wouldn't fly there in a private jet that costs $55,000 just to fly him there if you want to plead that you're poor to the judge. And still, he's got... Kind of like a Dometeke, you know how the Dometeke family had patrons? Well, he has a patron in in Los Angeles, this uh, entertainment lawyer named Kevin Morris, who's paid off $2 million of his back taxes, and he paid over $30,000 a month for his Malibu rent, and he's paying for a bunch of other stuff. Now, Stu, I don't know why I'm the only one in the country who catches this. But the way the tax laws work, it's either a gift, a loan, or income. And if it's a loan and if it's not paid back, it turns into ordinary, ordinary income. So I, I doubt this Kevin Morris guy just said, here, have some money. He may well have, but it's taxable to Hunter Biden. Uh, <laughs> you know, he hadn't escaped the tax. And no one will call him out on this, not even the, the IRS. But that's just clear black and white tax law. So, Stu, let's go back and talk about the Bidens and Joe and um, how profoundly smart he is. Kevin McCarthy, they say he's in the driver's seat with these debt ceiling negotiations because polls are overwhelming that the American people think that um There should be um, debt reduction in the debt ceiling negotiations. Well, the Republicans always screw this up, so I don't have a lot of high hope there. But um, they say the deadline is Monday, but that's just a deadline the left has put on things. We're not going to default on the debt. There are plenty of things that the Treasury can do where we aren't going to default on the debt. And all the... Congress has to do is pass a one day continuing resolution. You could do this forever. So, anyway, the Biden DOJ, uh, it was reported today, shut down the Clinton Foundation investigation in August of 2021. And as soon as Joey Boy and his cronies got firmly established in the Justice Department, they already were. Not only did they end it, but they destroyed all the evidence. Hmm. Well, how would you destroy evidence, especially the Justice Department? Stu, as a lawyer, I have to keep files for, you know, a certain amount of years. And then I keep them forever because you never know when you might need some of the factual evidence in those files. Things pop up. The FBI doesn't have computers where they can store things or or storage space, they just destroy evidence. And it ain't right, Stu. Smells bad because it is bad. No, boss. Stu, a lot of senators are getting these satellite phones, and, and they say that they're getting them in preparation for a disruptive event. Well, Stu, ordinarily, I think that's probably a good idea. We've got an Underground Washington. We used to have that thing out near the Greenbrier where. Uh, where the government could go in case of a nuclear attack. But you gotta distrust everything going on in Washington these days. Might be a great idea, but it also might uh, uh, might suggest that they know something they're not telling the American people about about a disruptive event that might occur. It also might be some way for them to talk about themselves and not have anybody track their phone calls. Just got to say, this kind of just shows you kind of the perverse nature of our culture and how perhaps the left just doesn't respect what we might call good manners Um or some sort of a cultural norm. So Princeton University puts on a play. It's a a student-run play. It's called To All the Babies I've Killed Before. And the play aims to investigate challenges of being heard and cultivating self-empowerment as a queer, cognitively disabled, ADHD woman in artistic spaces that traditionally center archaic Western patriarchal narratives grounded in firm structures of storytelling and comedy. Well, St- still you can't come up with that kind of got gobbledygook, those types of gobbledygook words without it being indoctrinated in your brain. But all up, they have the right St- It's a student run play. I don't have, they can do whatever they want, but I just thought it was callous uh, to have a title like that. And then, I think it's depictive of a mentality that is nihilistic. What do you think?
2: It is interesting, just the double standard of one side has to walk around the feelings of the others, and then the other side gets to kind of trounce all over the feelings of its opponents. And so that's kind of how I see it. And, you know, whenever I see this stuff where it's just like uh, mentally – mental divergent or neurodivergent, excuse me, neurodivergent, ADHD, you know, I do wonder, you know, is that actually diagnosed or is that part of the culture where people say, well, I'm OCD. And then, you know, they write it in their bio write-up without ever having any kind of medical declaration concerning it. It's like a stolen valor from people who have plenty of other problems.
3: Well I think all of these, you know, buzz gobbledygook buzzwords that they use about you know how they are wired, um, is really just victimhood st- uh, status in that they want an excuse for their inevitable failure in life. All right, so there's a funny picture out there of um Rachel Levine, the man who thinks he's a woman. And James Woods gave a tweet. (laughs) And uh, you can see the picture here. Here she, it is, uh, this man wearing a dress with a mask, apparently in a pediatrician's office uh, with all the little girly stuff on the wall. I mean, all the little children's stuff on the wall. And James Woods. Says accurately, if ever one photo captured the madness of the COVID era, might it be the leading male health officer of the United States wearing a skirt and getting injected in what appears to be a pediatric setting? I mean, still, how can you believe any medical advice these people give you when there's a man who thinks he's a woman dishing out the advice. Um, California, Berkeley, the Golden Bears, they had a graduation ceremony just for black people, Stu. It's um, kind of segregation returns. And Stu, that might be the world we are looking at in a few years if they keep on doing this st- stuff. I think it's interesting how Robert Kennedy is in the Democratic race and he is he's not part of the tribe. Uh, everybody else who's a Democrat, you've been told either walk the party line or we'll destroy you. Well, Robert Kennedy is not walking the party line and he's not inside the tent. Uh, and he said uh, about the Durham report.
0: Um, the Democrats don't like and the mainstream media is not really talking about the Durham report. But yeah. For me, because I've been concerned for so many years about, um, you know, the the uh, about the CIA's illegal uh, propagandizing American people, which it's not legally allowed to do. That report is appalling. Yeah. And it's not just the report and the guy who did it, which you can say, okay, you know, he had some motive or whatever, but you know it's the, the transcripts of the conversations that the CIA yeah. and FBI agents were having where they were acknowledging, that what they were doing was wrong, that it had no basis. And so you have the CIA coming in, 50 CIA, top level CIA agents who agree to collaborate in a project uh, to, uh, to fix an election yeah. and to discredit one of the candidates. And, you know, I'm not, I don't like Donald Trump. I don't think he was a good president. Many, and, you know, but, but people are allowed to disagree with that. And I can be friends with people who don't agree with me, and I can listen to their point of view. And you know, we we need to apply rules across the board. Yeah, we can't just say we can't just say it's okay to shut up Donald Trump. It's okay for CIA agents to you know to fix an election against him. Yeah. Exactly, it. there, there, it's it's unbelievable how many people have this binary thinking. Because I'll say something about this, like how how uh, you know horrible uh, uh, this this whole you know Russian investigation was, and people would be like, "Oh, so you love Donald Trump?" Yeah. And I'm like, "No, I think Donald Trump <laughs> was a horrible president on many fronts. I think the like I will never forgive Donald Trump." for funding the Saudi war in Yemen. I will never forgive Donald Trump for blowing up budgets in the reckless way that he did, and I will never forgive him for keeping Fauci as the head of the task force through all of 2020. Or how about about locking down the whole country? Yeah, and supporting it, at least, as the governors were doing it. However, I can also look at the information here and go, look, it's pretty clear that this was a frame job. And what you have here is the the intelligence uh, agencies Framing the sitting president of the United States for treason.
3: The guy's got balls Stu, and uh, you know his voice out there amongst the left might be enough to shake things up a little bit, and it might be enough where he can turn popular opinion within his party uh, by having a a moral, a muscular moral tone, and maybe some of these impeach, impeachments get through the Senate. I don't know. But anyway, Stu, that's what I got.
2: That's probably